Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Tech Vibe Radio this Friday night. You're making a wise investment in your time hanging out with us as we bring you the best of what's going on in Pittsburgh's tech sector. Every Friday night we bring it. Tonight, I do not have Audrey, my usual co-host, with us. She is out and cannot be in two places at once, so I am covering for Audrey, but she'll be back probably next week with us. No worries there at all. And, uh, you know, Tech Vibe Radio, we get so many great guests that stop by. Sometimes we just have to start the show up immediately with what's going on. And as Audrey and I always say, it's an ecosystem out there that makes tech companies happen. It's what makes Pittsburgh happen. And we need all sorts of services. And branding is one of these things that is so important to a company. Whether you're big or small, but especially for startups that are out there, to really figure out who they are, what their brand is, and to, and to get that positive jump on things. And so we have a branding expert here with us to get the show rolling. And we have Meg Huer, and she has a, actually just rebranded herself, mm-hmm. correct? Right. So, so you're, you're actually paying attention to your own advice. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did exactly what I tell my clients to do. Exactly. You're like, wait a second. This actually makes kind of sense. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so Meg, quick, tell us your story real quick and how you rebranded yourself as the Brand Accelerator. Yeah. So I had uh, started my own business, which was Hewer Marketing and Media Services okay. almost eight years ago. And at that time... Um, it was in vogue to kind of name your company after yourself right. and offer a wide variety of services. Okay. And over the years, that has really changed. Interesting. You know, from an SEO perspective. Definitely. Um, you, you really don't want your name in there. That doesn't, no one's searching for my name. Right. Um, so I was finally doing what I tell my clients to do. Like, wait a second, I got to pay attention to all this stuff I've been telling my clients. Exactly. And, (laughs) you know, I I am guilty of what many small business owners are guilty of, where I'm so busy working with my clients that I don't take, I never took the time to work on my own business. Gotcha. And finally I said, hey, I'm really guilty of this and I need to create a brand for myself. And the most interesting part about this is once I rebranded myself, I had an unbelievable amount of business come through the door because I finally could say what it is that I do huh. and what makes me different from everybody else. Within a month, it was a huge change. Fantastic. Yeah, crazy. So, so see, follow your own advice it and it actually works. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. So what's, what's your website? Where can people learn more about you? Um, it's thebrandaccelerator.com. Wow, that's that's a great name. And you're actually able to get that as URL. I was able to get that. It's really surprising. I, I thought that would have been taken like... You would think, huh? Yeah. I thought so, too. Now, Brand Accelerator was not available. Right. The Brand Accelerator was, so perfect. I put a the in front of it. Worked good. It keeps your brand consistent. Exactly. Absolutely. It so, works. Very, very cool stuff. And tell us quickly, what are some of your services that you, that you provide through that? So basically what we do is we work with small business owners mm-hmm. who struggle with their marketing. Yeah. And we help them create a brand, and we help them clarify their messaging so that they can have a sustainable business right. and be profitable. And some people say, oh, I can do that myself. I'll read a couple books about it over the weekend, 
And then Monday, I'll put a plan together, and by Wednesday, I'll be fine. <laughs> and I and tell you know, people, try that, and it kind of works, but sometimes you need to bring that outside person in that has that different perspective that can make you maybe be a little more honest to what's going on and, and, and provide, I think, a, probably a lot more valuable feedback and an action plan. Well, and the thing is, I think a lot of people, when it's your own business, you really can't see the forest from the trees. Exactly. You know, it's easier for somebody to come in from the outside okay. and say, hey, here's what makes you unique and different. Definitely. You know, it's I had my own business yeah. before, and I couldn't figure it out for myself. Did you bring outside forces? To- <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I really had yeah. to totally um, change my business model in order for me to come up with a right. really unique brand. and and focus on a certain business segment before I worked with small businesses, but I would work with larger companies too. And now my focus is really small businesses. Excellent. And, and it's not just small businesses, but it's small business owners who struggle with their marketing. For sure. And that's, I think that's many, 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 many small business owners because they're doing so many other things besides the marketing. Right. And I really encourage folks to, to not be shy, reach out, go to the brand accelerator and contact you because you're there to help. Well, the thing is, I think business owners, you made a good point before. A lot of people can do this themselves. But the the issue is when you're doing this, you're not making money. Exactly. And, you know, if if you are charging by the hour or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you're not making money if you're sitting here doing this. So work on your business. Let somebody else help you do this kind of stuff. Right. So let's talk about some tips maybe to get people thinking in that right direction. And I'm sure there's some things people can start doing by themselves and get that momentum rolling. And then right. they want to take it to the next level, reach out to professionals such as yourself. Say, no, we can sure. really kick this into high gear for you guys. So what yeah. are you thinking about these days? But the there's a lot of things that they can do that are yeah. quick things. Um, and the biggest one is really, I think, to ter- try to determine what does make them unique and different. Okay. Um, and I'll give you an example. Please. I was... Recently looking for a photographer, Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things I least like about my business is self-promotion, but you have to do it. You got to do it, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking for someone to do some photos for me. I contacted a number of photographers, and they all told me the exact same thing. We take pictures of dogs. We take pictures of kids. (laughs) We take pictures of business people. And no one said anything. No one really gave me a reason to buy from them. So I ended up looking for the one that was the cheapest. Right. And if your company is the one that's being bought because they're the cheapest, Not good. you will never have a sustainable business. Exactly. You're in a race for the bottom at that point. So don't let them determine what makes you unique and different. You decide what that is. And get that message out there and, and get in right. front of it. It's like determining your why. Exactly. You know, and exactly. communicating that so people can, you know, that's what they want to be a part of. They latch onto it, and you're not. It's not based on cost. It's based on you having the skills that they're looking for. Exactly. To drive them forward. And then the next tip would yeah. be when you figure out what that why is, clarify that message for people. Okay. How do you clarify what? Because a lot of people, especially tech companies, can get really caught up in, in the complication of their business. Yeah. You they know, get caught up in features and in, in, in technical specs, but exactly. not in how it makes my life easier. Exactly. What is the problem that you solve for this potential client? That's what you want to focus on. What is it that that you can tell them mm-hmm. that you how you can help them? So I it's see that all the time. The message. I see that all the time in the marketplace where people are using little things that don't mean anything to a normal person. I just want to know how is that going to solve my problem? Exactly. Make my life easier. Give us one more tip. Uh, the last one I would say is um, identify who your ideal customer is, who your ideal client is. We cannot be everything to everyone, so figure out who benefits most by working from you. Okay. And then really go after that person or that group of people, whatever that category is that you can help. 
don't try to be everything to everyone, but figure out who can really benefit from it and go after for them sure. and do a great job for those people. Exactly. I'd say step four, call me a cure. How about that? See, That's it, my favorite it step. even kind of rhymes right there. Step four, call me a cure. And it, it, once again, thebrandaccelerator.com. That's right. Any LinkedIn, any other connections you want to give out I'm there? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. But I would say visit the, visit the uh, site because all those connections are coming yeah, right through there. I absolutely. encourage everyone to do that and uh, start thinking about your brand. And if you're feeling a little stuck about it, talk to, a, talk to a pro like Meg as far as that is. Very, very cool. Hey, we got a great show in front of us. I cannot wait to get cooking on today's show. Got some serious ingredients going into tonight's soup. That's all I can say. And we are starting off with a call from Appian. These guys are doing low-code software, so you can build software without even coding. That's all I can say. A guy like me can like actually write software without having any bit of code. We're talking to the Hardware Cup tonight. Competition's going to be on, I think, February 6th, the first Hardware Cup in Pittsburgh. It goes across the country looking for the best hardware companies to bring them back to Pittsburgh for the final event in the spring. And then we have Bit by Bit talking about cybersecurity tonight. So great, great show. Meg, thanks for starting it off with us tonight. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Jonathan. Hey, we'll be right back after this quick break. Learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. I am so glad you are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio tonight. So glad you could be here. We got some great stories happening tonight. As we mentioned earlier on, we are really starting off with a bang here. We have Matt Culkins, who's the CEO of Appian, a very cool company. And you are calling in, Matt, from Virginia, correct? Yes, I am. Excellent. We appreciate you calling in and taking the time to talk to us tonight. And uh, I'm really excited to learn more about Appian and this low-code development. And what I'm really interested in is what you guys are doing here in Pittsburgh now. And so let's just start real quickly. Your background, you're a super interesting guy. I mean, you founded this company back in 1999, and you guys just IPO'd last year. So tell us about yourself and then the company a little bit. Yeah, that's a pretty long journey. You know, we started this business uh, nearly 20 years ago, as you point out, and it took us uh, all that time to get to the IPO. We did it the hard way. You know, instead of taking a lot of venture money at the beginning, right. we instead broke even and funded ourselves. I like to call us a customer-funded company. That's what it's all but about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it proves that we made customers happy that we had a good value proposition. But getting to the IPO took a lot longer. I think we're stronger as a result, but it did take a long time. Luckily, it's different every year, and I feel like we're making progress, which is why I'm still happy to be here 20 years later. You are a patient man, and patience, you know, is rewarded. <laughs> Those who know me know I'm not. But, uh, but thank you for saying it. You come across as being very patient, and I, I think, I, honestly, I think that's a really great lesson. For everyone out there is everyone thinks of tech companies as being these overnight successes, quick money and that type of thing. And that has happened in the past, but those are typically not sustainable companies. But you have built something here, as we're going to talk a little bit more about, that is something that is really offering value and obviously solving really tough problems. So what does Appian actually build? What do you guys develop? Appian is a platform for building unique software applications. Now, you and I, when we go around our lives, we don't consume unique applications generally. We right. consume apps and generic things. And if we need to write a document or run a spreadsheet, yeah. the standard is good enough for us. But if we were companies, if we were large, maybe Fortune 500 companies, and we needed to execute a process in a way that was just unique to us, okay. that emphasized our advantages, right? That, that made our customers uniquely happy, that maybe reinforced the image that our brand has, we'd have to be unique. It wouldn't be enough to accept generic software where we'd have to write our own. Right. This is happening across the economy, across the world, actually, right now. Companies everywhere are having to create unique software to run unique processes. And creating unique software is really hard. Appian makes it easy. 
That's what we're about. We're a platform for making it easy right. for businesses to make unique software. Whereas usually you write software, you start with lines of code. Exactly. You, know, you, you ever write some code? Do you know how this works? I, you write yeah. lines and you finish, you write your thousands of lines and you test and it doesn't work. And the reason is that you miswrote a semicolon or something like exactly. that. And you go back and you revise it and, and, and that's difficult. Companies are finding that very difficult, especially if software is not their core competency. So there needs to be a company like Appian making it easy for, for, for businesses to build their own software by drawing, like drawing a flowchart, building wow. a picture, right-click right configuring. That's why they call it low-code, because right. very little code is involved in making your next application. So it's like pre-built code in chunks that you actually used to build and make your own unique software with, as you said, right? You're generally right, but I want okay. to caution you. There actually sure. isn't codes. There, there's well, not a chunk of code. There isn't. Wow. It, it's, uh, it's turtles all the way down. It, it's just the it, it, you draw what you want your software to do, and Appian's job is to look at what you uh, drew and oh, be sure that's what the software does. But there's okay. never a layer of code beneath what you drew. What you drew is the authoritative version. Very, very cool. And so this was what you were thinking about way back in 1999. Or have you pivoted since then? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it took me a few iterations. Iterations, to this. of course, of course. Uh, and and it, it took some innovations that uh, outside parties had to come up with, too, because this business plan just wouldn't have worked in 99. Right. We needed things like rich HTML, mobile devices, uh, web services, right, better, better integration. There were just a set of innovations without which it wouldn't be possible to make as much value with the business plan we're running today. I see. So, no, the business plan that we've had throughout, and there has been one consistent business plan had nothing to do with how we make money. Instead, it was about putting the customer first, hiring and respecting great employees, building a culture, right? Being decisive in our decision making, uh, being simple and making software and the experience of using software as simple as it could possibly be. I love it. That's I mean, our real business plan. That is, that is just so refreshing to hear that. And obviously it is working out for you guys. So Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you guys we are starting to build a presence here. Yeah, tell us. Like, so what? What are your plans here in Pittsburgh? We're we're very excited that you are here, bringing this whole low code thing. Okay. To us yeah. now. Now, I, I can't talk too much about our regional plans okay. uh, because being a public company as we are today right. and exploring regional uh, uh, development centers or local offices, uh, it becomes a, uh, a kind of a public decision. And I got so you. Right. I, I've learned that I'm not allowed to say uh, some things. I was uh, just but, testing you. I was just but, testing you and you passed the test. <laughs> it's a okay? test, right? Yes, you're, exactly. You're, you're standing in for the SEC. <laughs> so. We uh, we love Pittsburgh. We love recruiting in the Pittsburgh area. Okay, uh, it, it's it's actually very convenient from where we are, and yet it's worlds apart. Right? It, exactly. it taps into a different talent base, and in my opinion, it's a uh, it's a talent base that's that's got a lot to offer, and uh, it's one of the best places right now to build a company or to uh, to put an office. So I'm very very bullish on Pittsburgh. So how many times have you been to the to the to the Berg to check us out? I've been. I was. I go there all the time, right? Yes. I was just there. You know, actually, you know, one odd thing that brings me there yeah. from the last last time okay. I was there was uh, was uh, the, the World Board Gaming Championship. Whoa! Yeah. Just, just down the road from Pittsburgh, and I like to play that every right. year. So that's another reason why I come by. But uh, but I'm out there to do interviews, right? right. I, I like going to uh, Carnegie Mellon is one of our of favorite schools. We all like hanging out there. Um, that's for sure. There's some good people hanging around there. Folks might want to work for Appian. Absolutely. So wait, well, so, we, we would like them to like that. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you're an avid board game collector. That's cool, man. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that. 
Uh, I am really into board games. I've been into them since I was probably two or three years old. Okay. And uh, and I, I grew up in the hobby, and I love games, and I host gaming events, and I play the uh, the tournament every year, and I've published my own games. So I've got uh, really? three of them now, so I've been published, yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, it's actually a great exercise, and it's, uh, it's an odd kind of a parallel yeah. between writing games and building a business. I believe it. I mean, there's so many, your brain's in that same space. You're, you're solving problems. You're being creative. That's and you right. bring those it's, two it, things together. What a cool hobby. Uh, I love it. You know, it's complicated, and it's a contest, and I love competition. And fundamentally, it's about taking a really complicated thing, right, be it a war in Japan or the early years of commercial aviation, both of which I've written games about, okay. and trying to trying to get down to the core causal relationships right. that drove history in Whoa. both of those cases. And once you're down to that, you've got a mechanism. Right, an economist might call it a model, but you're down to a mechanism, and that mechanism could make a good board game. Very cool. We've got a couple minutes left. We're talking to Matt Culkins, the CEO of Appian, based out of Virginia, but opening a presence here in Pittsburgh. So, uh, so Matt, what kind of tech trends are you paying attention to out now? Things like, I mean, like machine learning and artificial intelligence. What's yeah. got your interest okay. these days? Well, okay, that's huge for a while. I mean, AI is going to be one of the biggest, most important tech trends. Absolutely. And, uh, and a digital transformation is big. It's changing the way companies face their customers, how they respond, how they – you see, technology for a long time has lived in the back of an organization right, and not right. the front. It's been about efficiency, maybe about cost savings, maybe about all right, uh, that sort of thing. But but now it's moving to the front office, and that's uh, digital transformation. And now it's all about the image the company projects, right? How how it serves the customer, how it makes its value proposition, and software is coming to characterize firms in the eyes of their customers. So now our impression of Pick a major brand, right? American Airlines. I did that at random. Uh, might have a lot to do with American Airlines' app. Exactly. Right? Whereas right. 10 no, years that, ago, that, we would never have experienced a piece of software written in American Airlines. So how amazing now that their app characterizes them in, in our eyes. Exactly. As the customers, we see them the way we see their technology, and suddenly they feel like, wow, they got to be a software company because they got to win on this new battlefield. I think that's a fascinating trend. It's called digital transformation. I love it. That's, that's a, an amazing thing. Uh, I, I, I love AI, of course. Exactly. I think that's, that's going to be huge, and that's going to – that's one of those – Topics that's just so big, we don't know where it's going to end up. I know. We don't know exactly what AI is going to do. Is it going to run the business itself, right? Is it going to? Is it just going to optimize recommendations? Is it going to hone our algorithms, right, or all of the above? Exactly. I think uh, it's going to be I, all of the above. And guess what? We're all out of time. I'm so sorry. We got to take a quick break. But Matt, if people want to learn more about Appian, where can they go and check you guys out? Well, go to Appian.com, uh, and, uh, and, and and if you're interested, come to our annual conference, Appian World. Okay. It's uh, coming up in uh, Miami uh, this May. We need to have you stop back on the show. You have so many great things to talk about here. I want to nerd out more with you on this, but I'm up against the clock, so we're taking a quick break, and we're coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. Learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio on KDKA, spending your Friday night with us, learning about all the great stuff happening in Pittsburgh's technology sector. And uh, it's such an honor to do this show. We love it because we get to talk to the best folks and uh, I'm actually hosting the show myself tonight. Audrey is out. She cannot be in two places at one time, so I'm kind of handling it all. But she'll be back with us in the coming weeks, so there's no worries there whatsoever. But we've got some great guests with us talking about cybersecurity tonight, and I'm very excited about this. We have uh, 
Brett Creasy from Bit by Bit and Matt Mead from Buchanan, Ingersoll, and Rooney. And you guys are like the dynamic duo of cybersecurity. Can I say that? Sure. Definitely. <laughs> so, I'll Brett, that. tell us about yourself, Brett, real quick and what you do with Bit by Bit. Yeah, so Brett Creasy with Bit by Bit. Um, so my background is in technology. Okay. And, uh, we focus on digital forensics yeah. and cybersecurity. So it's often in a kind of fire drill type mode where people... You're think, called in when, when the, the proverbial is hitting the fan, if yes, you know what I mean, right? Yes, yes. You know, somebody taking something that shouldn't be taking something. Yeah. We're going to try to figure out how that happened. We've had bit by bit in the show before in the past, and I'm always amazed at what you guys are confronted with, the problems you have to solve, and the way you're able to restore stuff. And so I think I'm really excited to get some perspective tonight on some cybersecurity stuff. Great. And, and, you brought, and you brought one of your partners with us tonight, so... Who we got here with us? Hi, my name is Matt Mead. I'm the co-chair of the Cybersecurity and Data Protection Group at Buchanan, Ingersoll, and Rooney. Yes. And, and you're right. Uh, work quite a bit with Brett and his and Bit by Bit in connection with incident response. About 80% of what I do is yeah. incident response, and we get called in as lawyers yeah. to help guide companies through uh, the crisis. Uh, right. First of all, to determine if an incident is actually a reportable data breach. And okay. we can't do that without working with somebody like Brett. They can say, them. yes, this is reportable. Yeah, this is something that involved unauthorized access to customer data, employee data, student data, patient data, things okay. like that. And that's a really important part of what needs to be done in connection with an investigation. The other part that's it's kind of tricky is there are 48 different state data breach notice laws out there. Oh, my goodness. 48 Eight. of them. And with the exception, why not of, fifty? Come on, yeah. man! That's well, just, for that's some just... reason, South Dakota and Alabama haven't jumped into the fray yet, but uh, someday they will. Hey, there's all year for that to happen. Right? Yeah, but it makes responding to an incident uh, a difficult uh, from a compliance standpoint, and having to comply with each of those different laws. And why that's important is you may be based here in Pittsburgh, but if you have a breach, it impacts. It's based. The notice is based on where the residency of those people impacted by. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, this gets trickier and trickier. Yes, absolutely. As far as that goes. So, oh goodness. So there's so much for us to talk about tonight. So first off, cybersecurity. I mean, it's amazing. Every year, it just keeps. I mean, the, there's more and more threats every year. I can only. I can only imagine, Brett. How I, I can imagine the numbers behind the types of, of of incidents are probably just staggering. I would have to assume. They are. And uh, the funny thing, though, is it's a lot of the same theme. Okay. um, You know, everyone always wishes that they had the crystal ball to see what's up next. I would make a lot of money uh, if we had. (laughs) Yeah. The the bad guys are always, you know, kind of innovating. And then it's, you know, our jobs to, you know, innovate and and respond in kind. Um, You know, you see a lot of the same sort of attacks, you know, sometimes they're phishing type based Attacks. I was going to ask you, yeah, so what are the typical phishing? Just, I get, I've know, been getting so many of those lately where it's like, hey, this is Microsoft and you ran out of space with your email. Click here to get more space. It's like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's come a long way from, you, you know, the, the prince that wants to give you $10 million situations yeah, to the, very targeted uh, attacks. You know, people will, you know, research you on social media, yeah. figure out, you know, who you are and who you're connected to and what your likes are and, you know, really target you for an attack. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, the phishing is probably the number one thing that we'll see. Okay. Um, we see a lot of actually insider employee type situations. That's, I know, where Bit by Bit has a real specialty yeah. because it's actually happening within the walls of an organization. Right. So, you know, that usually involves, you know, less of what people would consider an instant response type engagement. Okay. Um, but it really depends on on the situation, on, on the company. Uh, another thing that we see a lot of is just really kind of, Poor maintenance of your systems, you know, unpatched vulnerabilities oh, that are out it. there, right, right, right. you know, that lead to some of the the big, you know, breaches that you read about in the news okay. with, you right, know, you know, millions of records and things like that. It's, it's scary. It's often just something that is over overlooked. 
for sure. I, it's yeah. kind of an interesting thing to okay, build Matt. on what um, Brett was just talking yeah. about. A lot of these things, though, where we hear about sophisticated hacks coming from foreign countries and things like that, there's a human element to them. So a phishing attack happens because an employee clicked on something. Exactly. Uh, a, a failed patch happens because an employee failed to do that. To put patch. that patch in, right. Um, so a lot of this, and where I get involved on the proactive side, is training yeah. employees to increase Because you're a coach. Awareness. You're a, a coach. coach. Exactly right. Um, and part of that is increasing awareness on the front end for all employees, from the lowest level employee up to right. the CEO. So you got to tax at many levels there. Yes. So you got to start with the, with the fundamentals, right. as a coach would say, right? Right. And figure out what it is that that company's most important data is, how that data can be protected. There's a data life cycle, how data comes into an organization, once it's in, who has access to it. And then the part that gets forgotten a lot is how it gets thrown away when you're done with it. Oh, absolutely. How you destroy data in the end. Because it's not always destroyed when you think it's destroyed. Exactly It's right. just hanging out it's, on someone else's server. Very much. Very true. <laughs> very true. We sometimes get asked to, yeah. you know, that is our engagement, is to permanently make sure something is gone. Right. Um, which is kind of an, an interesting Can you situation. permanently destroy this? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> and, par- and part of this, the training and doing what Brett's talking about, there are 16 states, Pennsylvania is not one of them, that okay. require reasonable security in some form or the other in connection with their state laws. Right. Organiz- and so if you're not training your employees, if you're not doing some of the forensic things that Brett's talking about, are you practicing reasonable security? Probably not. And if your employees aren't aware of some of the basic things, you know, for example, a lot of times we'll go to companies and say, if you lose your laptop, if you open up a spear phishing email, do you know what number to call? Right. Employees like, will like, yeah. look around the room and have no idea what to do. Now, this is something that companies of all sizes should be thinking about, correct? I mean, you can't say because I have a three-person organization that this doesn't impact me. And uh, if you're a three-person organization, I would say don't be afraid to call you guys. Right, absolutely. I mean, the number of times that we get actually called by the small organizations okay. kind of surprises me. Um, you know, we've seen ones for, you know, a two-, three-, four-person kind of accounting firm or just consulting-type business or that lawyers you know absolutely anybody um yeah. and they are sometimes it's you know opportunity right they're they're an easy target right um but you know it doesn't have to be crazy sophisticated absolutely um and you know those individuals still have something valuable to steal i mean if, if you're in business and you're making money then it's you got something, worth something to somebody else right? exactly and uh you know we can get into the specifics later maybe but you know the number of times that we've seen some sort of just kind of happenstance type attack that actually morphed into like a multi-stage very complicated right. thing mm-hmm. that led to other attacks and you know you're just it one can cascade and snowball and be a part of it so yeah. can we maybe walk through like a, a typical engagement that you get with somebody they call up and they're like hey i just clicked on this email and it's my computer's not turning on or it's gave me a message saying hey we now own all your data unless you send us a thousand bitcoin or something right like yeah <laughs> the scary ransomware one that you know often goes hands in hand with uh, with phishing um yeah i mean so typically you know Usually it's somebody that is concerned about something that they did or some sort of, you know, security type alert that they're getting from from one of their their kind of in-house tools uh, that might tell them something bad has happened. Um, You know, we usually just try to gather as much information as we can, you know, initially on that first call and then understand what's the landscape, right? Do they have any plan in place? You know, we talk a lot about having an incident response plan that is, you know, known documented, rehearsed, exactly. you know. And if you don't have that plan, our listeners can reach out to both of you. Right, sure, to help yeah. I mean, that and, and put it. At yeah. least, you know, you're going to need somebody on the tech side that can understand the tech part. And okay. then I always, you know, and sometimes I get pushback because, you know, smaller clients don't want to spend the money. But 
you need the attorney involved as well you because do. you right. know we can't give you that advice despite having multiple and this lawyers is why in you our guys business. Work, this is why you guys right. work together yeah, so closely. It's a really important point that Brett's yeah. raising because typically the engagement of a forensic expert like Brett and his company is through the law firm so that our communications and our communications with the client are protected by the attorney-client privilege. Gotcha. So if you just ah, go, if I the see. company just goes out and hires someone on their own without the assistance of a lawyer, then you may run into problems in having to produce that report later on For down sure. the road. So that's definitely a, a problematic area and something sure. that we really want to, that's why we work closely with them, that we have a system in place that if somebody reaches out, they'll reach out to us and gotcha. we'll, we'll do the engagement letter. And to your point about the incident response plan, I always, when I do training on this, I tell folks, think about an NFL team that doesn't have a playbook. <laughs> It'd be exactly. kind of difficult right. to, yeah. to, to, to have. To, to, to move forward. Move forward. Right. And, and so, one thing, so with Buchanan, Ingersoll, and Rooney, you guys have been partners with, with the PTC for 35 years, which is an amazing thing. I know you guys very, very well. And what I always tell people that you're not just someone's lawyers. You're also their partners with other business aspects. And this is an exact example of this, where if someone's working with Buchanan, they have access to you. Correct. To begin these types of things, which puts you in touch with our folks here bit by bit and vice versa. So I, I think it shows how our, our ecosystem kind of comes together here. Right. It's really yeah. important. It doesn't happen. Yeah. The, the team approach is extremely important and understanding the business and understanding how the business operates is really important. So without and, a doubt. And sometimes, I mean, those phone calls are, you know, here's where to go next. And it might not be something that we're going to directly, you know, fix for them. You know, we're here to help them in whatever way we can. And, okay. you know, sometimes it's, it's not the path that, you know, they're thinking is going they're, to be. Ex- exactly. Yeah, right. absolutely. But the thing is, there's expertise right here in Pittsburgh. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been doing this forever. And so, I mean, you're at the, at the top of the game as far as that is. So I, I really encourage our listeners, like, don't be shy because they're here to help you solve these problems and yeah. help you stay in business and be safe because it's crazy out there. So we've got about a minute or so left. A couple quick top tips for people to be thinking about, like if they get an email or things to be doing, you know, to make sure that the, the basics are covered. Uh, plan ahead is the number plan one. Ahead. I mean, even <laughs> if it isn't some, you know, formal long document that's going to tell you how to, you know, respond to every every situation, you need to know at least who those phone numbers are, who right. you're going to reach out to, even if it's just Matt and I or, you know, yeah. equivalent and if people us. want to reach out to you guys, where can they, what's the best way to get in con- contact? Through your website? What's, what's your... Uh... Yeah, probably okay. website. Uh, you can find either one of us on yeah. you know Buchanan's website or Bit by Bits. And, okay. Yep. What's Bit by Bits site? It's bit dash x dash bit. Okay. Dot com and then bipc dot com. That's it. See, exactly. I know your stuff. You know man. it. You know I, it well. That's I, right. I'm telling. You, I've been at the council for 21 years now, almost, and you guys have been part of us for 35. So we got that connection, which I think is just fantastic. I really encourage our, li- our listeners to learn more about this cybersecurity. Like I said, it gets worse and worse out there. It gets crazier and crazier. But we have experts here. That can keep you keep you safe. Yes. <laughs> Simple as that. I love it. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We are coming back with more Tech Five Radio. I swear, every single Friday night we bring you this show. And as I said before, with PTC, we've been around for thirty-five years helping tech companies succeed. It's what we love doing. Uh, learn more about us at pghtech.org. Then head on over to Twitter at pghtech. It's absolutely one hundred percent positively true. You are listening to Tech Vibe Radio. Here on KDK News Radio 1020, wrapping up our Friday night show. I love you know every Friday night, we get to talk to the coolest people that are in Pittsburgh's tech sector, and there's just so many people we can't get to them all, all the time. And I'm always like ah, but we have a guest that's been on the show before because he's working on some pretty cool stuff, a project that I think is really putting Pittsburgh 
in the limelight and really just, I mean, I'm talking international attention here for, 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 for Pittsburgh. And it is the one, the only, the hardware cup, which is a big deal. It comes out of the Alpha Lab gear program, which is part of Innovation Works. It's like, it's a whole chain of organizations that kind of flow into this hardware cup. So we have Aaliyah Simoncelli here tonight. She manages this whole thing. And this is, this is quite the thing because this is a, this is like a, a traveling road show. It hits cities and cities and cities and they bring it all back to Pittsburgh. So, Leah, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. I do thank appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Me. Yeah, we had you on last year because we lo- the Tech Council really gets behind this. We just think this is one of these fundamental things. It's such a cool, clever way. We think you guys are being super clever here for putting attention on what's happening in Pittsburgh by going all the way around the country, bringing people back to Pittsburgh for the competition. So, anyhow, quickly, tell us about your background real fast, and we're going to give our listeners a little clear picture of what this hardware cup thing is all about. Absolutely. So my background is all in communication and events and marketing. All that fun uh, stuff. So when I came on the show last year, yeah. I was brand new to the tech scene. Oh, I boy, mean, like yeah. two months That's right. in, in the tech that. world. Right. Uh, now at a year and two months, I'm, <laughs> You're so I'm much incredibly better. entrenched <laughs> in, exactly. in this world now. Um, <laughs> just, just central to the startup world. Um, but yeah, I ran events when I was working in D.C., um, in the food industry, and yeah. then I moved to Santiago, and I was Santiago, there for about four Chile years. Chile, for four years. Yes, también puedo hablar en español. Whoa. I can speak in Spanish, too, if you need. Wow, let's do that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to know what you're saying other than tacos. Okay. That's, that's all you need. And that's, muy bueno, fact, of course. Yes. most of my vocabulary. That's good, yes. <laughs> um, but then I decided I wanted to move back to Pittsburgh. I'm from the area. Okay. I've been away for about 10 years. Right. And I knew cool things were happening here. Right. And I knew that it was going to be much more affordable than where I had been living. Right, absolutely. Um, and the tech scene was vibrant, and I Has it surprised right you in. in the year that you've been back? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It is not the Western Pennsylvania that I remember from oh, my childhood. Ago, right. Yes. Exactly. Um, and you know all of the all of the things that are happening and the boom that's happening in Pittsburgh comes with its good and bad, and of I think we should acknowledge that. Absolutely. But, no. 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 Absolutely. Um, it has been incredible to be able to live. I live in Lawrenceville. I work in East Liberty. Live in the I'm, heart of Larryland. Go right. to East Liberty to work. Oh my goodness, you are so living the dream. Pretty aren't you? good. Yeah, I <laughs> I have to say my and my husband that I transplanted from Chile yeah. is also loving Pittsburgh food and you know that we're we can walk down the street and get to a whole bunch. We can get to you know music and we can get Anything to you want, drinks really. and we can get to. Anything we want. And then East Liberty, you know, we've got Uber and we've got Facebook and we've got Alpha Lab Gear. you got so, Alpha Lab Gear in the heart of East need? Liberty. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So tell us about Alpha Lab Gear that's putting on the hardware cup. For, this so, is like the fourth year for it? Yes. Fifth year? Fourth this year. Is the fourth, fourth year. year. I did my research. Yes. The fourth year. Nicely Absolutely. Dead. Yes. Um, so Alpha Lab Gear is an accelerator program focused on physical products. Yeah. So they're the hardware accelerator. I like this because you can feel them and touch them and see them. That's right. That's right. Um, and then our sister accelerator is in right above us, the floor right above us, and they are focused on software. Yep. So they started um, in about 2008, 2009. Alpha Lab Gear began in about 2013. Yep. I remember and when it started. Both of we those were accelerators. Yeah. yeah they, they were... You know, one of the only software accelerators in the world, 
in 2008, 2009, and then one of the only hardware accelerators exactly. in the world in 2013. So we were- and you've cranked out some cool companies like Soul Power and Identified Technology. I mean, these companies have been making headlines and making yes. money. Like this is, yeah. We had yeah. A, a huge um, exit with No Wait, yep. that acquired Yelp. Yep. So yeah, it's it's been, it's I been still a good have my I still have my No Wait hoodie, and I wear it around, and people are like, you work for No Wait. I'm like, no. <laughs> Step the hoodie, <laughs> but uh, but I know him. But so. I know them. Hey, I knew the founder. He gave me this. I swear. I know Rob Meyer <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, well, both of those accelerators yeah. are their programs of innovation works. I know, which is part of the Ben Franklin Technology Program. <laughs> That's exactly right. So yeah, so it's you like can, one of those follow that Russian Matryoshka dolls that keeps <laughs> exactly growing. Exactly right. And at the heart of it is the hardware cup. And then we've got the hardware. It's cup. the teeny baby inside all the little things that are part of it, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. This teeny baby that yes. has now grown in. To the international the Giganto Hardware Cup. Right. So Innovation um, Works, obviously, they do, they're, they're first in money on some of the best tech companies here. And they got the Accelerator Program. And with the Accelerator Program, we have the Hardware Cup as part of the Alpha Lab gear. That's exactly <sighs> right. Man. <laughs> and um, the, the Hardware Cup, yeah. which we started four years ago, exactly. was something that came out of this idea that, you know, investors were saying that hardware is hard. We don't do hardware. Yeah. And then we introduced them to a physical product company, and the same investor is like, actually, yep. this is incredible. See? I'd like to invest. Uh-huh. And we decided we we couldn't keep doing that one by one. one right. right? You got, you we got needed a, a bigger to net, a get bigger net. a platform. We needed to get a literal stage for these startup companies building these physical products that, you know, are doing awesome things. Yeah. It's, you know, wearables and AR, VR. It's it's in everything you see now. I know, I know, it's crazy. And I remember, I mean, the, I remember the first class or the first cohort of Alpha Lab Gear. You're bringing folks in from all over the country, and and so it was great to have them build companies in here in Pittsburgh. And many of them have stayed in Pittsburgh so far. So yes. I just love that, which is why I'm excited that. So the competition kicks off on February 6th, I think it is. So that just it does. around the corner here in Pittsburgh. Yes. So our first regional competition is going to be actually at the Google headquarters in okay. Bakery Square on February 6th. So all the all the, all the the nominations are, are in now, or as far as, no, no, all the, all the submissions for people to present are in now. And Correct, so, for the Pittsburgh or, Regional. Right. However, okay. if you happen to be listening from somewhere else in the you U.S. You could be because our, our signal hits the whole East Coast. That's right. And our all podcast right. it hits the entire universe, so just saying. Okay. All right. So what other regions can people sign up for in that? Then um, the next one after that is going to be the Northeast Regional in Boston. Okay. Then we've got the East Coast Regional in D.C. Mm-hmm. Boston will be with our friends at Draper. Yeah. D.C. will be with 1776. Okay. Um, then we are heading over to... Austin at Capital Factory. We'll be doing our Southern Regional. The Southerns, as they call them, right? That's exactly, yeah, they they prefer that. (laughs) Um, And in L.A., we'll be doing our West Coast Regional with Make in L.A. and Chicago. Your winner came from L.A. last year. Yes. I remember I I interviewed her. Vagini. Yeah, that was kind of a, a very cool interview, but one of those where I was like, wow, this is, yeah, all right, okay. Yes. Keep going. Shall, shall we? Shall we talk about Virginie for a moment? Our our grand prize winner from last year. I never who, realized Google exercises were so important, but they are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, our the the founder Julia Rose of Virginie, um, created a device and biofeedback app. Yeah. 
and it is for women to strengthen their pelvic floors. That's what it's all about, man. And um, not only are you learning how to do your Kegel exercises correctly and getting stronger with this device and biofeedback app, but you are controlling a video game with your Kegel exercises. Wow. That's okay. My, so not hard to believe blown, right? that she took home the hardware she cup, took home, she won did. the fifty thousand dollar investment. She right. got to go to Taipei to the Computex, uh-huh. Innovex at Computex right. um, event, and she had a table there, and she got to meet all of these other entrepreneurs and meet other investors. You opened some big doors for yes. for sure. Yes. Uh, so we're excited to see yeah. who, who the next one will be. LA, LA is, I think, has some of the more interesting companies, just saying. Yes. <laughs> more of a had, lifestyle type town, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I think. We had great <laughs> applicants from, from every single one of our, yeah. um, every single one of our regions. And, and this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. we already have double the applications that we had at this time last year. So it's catching on. So it's catching on. We're hoping that we're getting this opportunity out mm-hmm. to more and more people in more and more cities. Okay. And we're also conscious that, you know, more applicants with the same number of semifinalists yeah. means that we need to figure out a way to still engage everyone. So yeah. we're making these the events are free and they're open to the public. We right. choose other teams to have demo tables, even if they're not presenting. Not presenting, but at least get them in the door so they can they can at least show what they got. They they didn't quite make the cut to present, but they can at least be seen as far as this. Exactly so what right. what kind of prize money is at stake at at the the local events as they flow into the to the national event at Pittsburgh? When it comes back so, here, it's like May that comes back to Pittsburgh. Actually, it'll be April eighteenth. April. So you're in a little more of a condensed. Yeah, Dang, yeah, yeah, we yeah. are rolling through okay. this year. Okay. Um, so it is three thousand dollar cash prize money at okay. each of the regional levels. Uh, we also are partnering with SolidWorks this year. They're one of our sponsors. You know those guys? So they um, give all of our semifinalists a one year license to use their software, which is really fantastic uh, for for modeling these specific yeah. products. And how about I Triple and IEEE, so this is really exciting for us. Um, this year, we brought on a new partner, IEEE, which, if you're unaware, is a humongous technical professional organization. Sure. Thousands of chapters yeah. around around the world. Um, and they'll be bringing their startup summit to Pittsburgh. They moved it specifically to Pittsburgh so, so that we can with partner with the Hardware Cup. So the Hardware Cup will be the culminating event of Love this it. Day-long And that's where summit. 50K is awarded to the winner, right? That's where 50K is that's awarded to the winner. And not only do we do we have this huge event with, you know, there's all this exposure. You We invite um, our investor network. We try to get as many startups as possible in front of as many ears as possible. But also the day after the Hardware Cup, okay. we have our Investor Day. Oh, I forgot about and the Investor is, Day. this is, yeah, if not as important, uh, even no, more that is important more possibly, important. No, uh, awesome, um, right. that every single one of our finalists will get to meet one-on-one with the investors right. that come in for the event. And um, those kind of interactions that we're enabling the day after the event have created some very cool things for other companies, you know, investments that are even larger than the $50,000 grand prize. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So people want to learn more, alphalabgear.org slash hardware cup? 
Yes, but oh, also hardwarecup.com. Oh, even better. And yeah, that's so much easier. And we have a video on there. You can okay. see our lovely sponsors, okay. Bosch and Phillips. Ooh, and good Solid plug. Works good plug. Keep going. And IEEE. <laughs> and of course, Innovation Works and Alpha Lab Gear are the ones behind it. Do it, man. I am so pumped for you guys. And we are looking forward to it. February 6th. Go check it out. It's free. Go on in there. And you can see this is what's making Pittsburgh pop these days. Anyhow. All out of time. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Leah Thank Simon Selly from the Hardware Cup and Alpha Lab Gear. All out of time. Tune in to, tune in to Tech Vibe Radio next Friday when I can speak a little more clearly. And uh, learn more about the Pittsburgh Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.